Hi friends, I'm Olivia. And I'm Katie. And we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. We're live. I think I hit the button a little bit early. I'm not going to lie. Well, you know what? There's three of us here right now, so maybe one of us will be early, one will be late, one will be on time. It'll be like the three bears. We're fine. We are. Welcome back and welcome, Tim. Thank you so much Thanks for, for joining me. us today. Oh, so excited. Honored that you're willing to give up some time to come and talk to us. It actually means like the world. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this is a new experience for me, so I figured that it would be stepping into a, a different world, so... Yeah, we're yeah, very welcome. excited to have you on, and um, just for everyone, before we start, this is going to be a bit of a different episode for us today. We have never had somebody come on to the podcast before and chat about a case with us, especially not one this close to home for you. Um, so before listening to today's episode, I would recommend listening to our October 18th episode titled Raina Johnson. Um, as we are actually talking to Raina's son, Tim, today, um, and we're going to get some more information about uh, the case and kind of what happened, and we're going to talk about how the case affected him, and really going to just be open for him. You hopefully won't hear that much from me today, um, <laughs> so I'm going to pass it off to Nice Katie. change. Yeah, a nice change for everyone. I'm going to take a back seat today, and I'm going to pass the mic, not mine, because it's the least fancy in the group, <laughs> over to <laughs> Katie and Tim. Yeah, I will say the second you stepped away, Tim, to change a monitor setting, yeah. she was on that phone looking for a new microphone. She had hardcore <laughs> mic envy. She was like looking up deals and sales and looking at the one you bought. So well, it's totally new because I didn't know even know what to look for. So I, I, I kind of looked for the one that looked the coolest. So oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to take notes on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's always, you get attracted visually first. It's always sparks a little interest. So why not pick your mic like that too? I like <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> we definitely wanted to talk more because as I mentioned to you before, we had never had someone reach out with a case that was so close to them. Um, and that was a new experience for us. And I think there was a, we weren't sure our comfort level asking questions. Um, and as you reached out after more information, Obviously, we want to hear it firsthand, and rather than me collecting the information from you and just kind of regurgitating it in my style, I'd rather hear it firsthand from you because you did experience it, yeah, and absolutely. just like chit-chatting with you has been super amazing because <laughs> you've actually just been like so kind and friendly that it made just like the most sense to have you come on. No, it's uh, I, I completely appreciate it because it's nice to be able to, uh, you know, I, I never really had anybody to talk about it you know just kind of in amongst my friends so you know to kind of explain because you know the media only does tell you know convoluted you know stories or you know they fabricate a little bit of stuff you know uh sometimes they add stuff take away stuff so it's kind of nice you know to be able to express kind of firsthand what i know of it and you know because i was at the the uh court case so 
Yeah, it definitely seemed like your name did come up so much through like the news articles and because you did give such an amazing and like powerful victim impact statement. I think a lot of your statements were carried through those just because they did make such an emotional response too. And that was so important, especially because like we were talking about before we hit record, there wasn't actually a lot of coverage of this case. So what we do get is through the perception of whoever collected the information and that depends who they talk to, which might've only been one person. Yeah. Um, and you definitely have a lot more insight into this and you have like the whole story yeah. essentially. Well, what's actually crazy is, uh, I found out about it, um, the next day actually through the media. Um, I was, I wasn't informed initially. Uh, I found out I was at, at work, uh, I was working in the oil field and uh, I was just uh, looking at my phone, reading the province newspaper. They didn't say any names or any, anything. They just said, you know, a female 55 years old uh, was killed uh, in Lady Smith at a, a RV park. And it was just, you know, it was, it was almost kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, supernatural or something like that. Just a weird feeling I got in my stomach. And right away, it was it's so weird. Uh, I knew right away that it was my mom, you know, like, it could have been so many other people, right? But it's just that feeling that I had. And right away, you know, I called uh, the detachment in Lady Smith, and uh, they put me right away uh, through to the homicide detectives. Uh, and they did confirm that, you know, it, it was her. And uh, it was just, it, it was a shock. Like, I, I didn't even know what to do, right? You know, like, you, you know, you think a lot of people break down and, I, I just, I, I didn't know what to do. My body just didn't know what to do. Kind of uh, so I just, I sat, I sat there. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I sat there just in complete shock. And just, can you remind me how old you were at the time? Just to put in perspective, maybe like where you were in your life too. Yep. Um, I was uh, living up north, northern BC. Um, I, uh, I, you know, at the time I, I had, you know, family life. Like I, you know, I was with my ex-wife and, I had two young kids and um, I was, let's see, this seven years ago, so I was 33, I'm 40 now, so um, yeah, it was uh, super unexpected. Yeah, that feeling, like, even though you didn't have the details, you still knew, like, in your stomach, like, yeah. that instinct you had, that's... I was going to ask you about that because, yeah, that's, I can't imagine that. Like, it's almost like how people say there's like that twin connection. Yeah. I think there's certain things you can just feel with your loved ones yeah. and that, like, you just knew. That is, like, actually pretty amazing, though. But, um, I yeah, feel I like think... Olivia has her. She's like, I'm about to say something. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it, I mean, of course, the, the news article came out and it, maybe there was no name and, like you had that gut feeling and so you called. I just think it speaks to an issue that we talk about a lot that comes up on this show is family members finding out about these yeah. tragedies through the media and through the news and like how much work would that have been for you to take the one step to figure out who was closest to your mom and inform those people before making a news show out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and informing the public it doesn't make any sense to me and it's just it it's frustrating it's frustrating that it, it continues to come up um and i actually didn't i didn't know that about about your case yeah. and it's like 
angering. Well, I think that's a real problem with the media nowadays too, especially like I don't know, you know, is the lack of professionalism and you know empathy towards families that you know lose loved ones and that, you know, uh, whether not knowing the whole story and adding stuff that you know that may not be true or you know spicing up the story to make it a little more interesting to readers or you know to kind of get their name uh, you know uh, higher in the pages or you know with the editor and all that and, uh, I think that's it's it's a, it's a problem yeah I think there's that the need to be the first one to report yeah. it outweighs the respect for yep. victims and their families and that's just we need to change that that's so wrong because mm-hmm. yeah it's it's far from the first time we've heard someone finding out that something had happened yeah. on any scale to their loved one or social media. media too right social media yeah. is really bad for that you know you see people you know taking pictures of like crime scenes or accident scenes and all that you know like as it happens or you know when it just happens and you know i feel bad because you know what happens if their loved ones are kind of you know just browsing social media and all of a sudden they're like hey you know that's my brother sister or, you know uncle's mm-hmm. car mm-hmm. you know and you know finding out that way finding out that way is just so you know, it's. I mean, people don't take the time before they hit share. No. Too. No. That's the other part. Putting it up is one thing, but it's the rapid fire of wanting to also be the person to, hey, did you see this? Yeah. That's also a second layer to that because all of a sudden it's everywhere and it's that first bit of misinformation. Mm-hmm. And you know that's the piece that's going to stick. Yeah. I was actually just going to say that's a really good point with respect to car accidents. And I think a lot of people maybe would do it and not even think they're doing something wrong. Like maybe they're sharing it and saying, hey, don't go this way. Yeah, like because there's an accident, not thinking like, hey, that person's car, there could be an identifier like their purse or an article of that person's clothing that somebody could see and then be like, oh, my gosh, that's so and so. So it's a really just a good thing, I think, for all of us to keep in mind um, not even just the media and I, I mean there's a whole other side to that that I think that the yeah, it was social media have, and like the police have some I think responsibility they also oh, are sure. the ones sharing that information with the media the media has to get that information somehow in order to report it and yeah. so I think that that you know it starts at the source but um now it's a it's a really good point yeah yeah I think it's a huge huge thing with you know like self-validation and all that you know where you know you see young um kids nowadays you know taking like 100 selfies a day and you know looking for those likes and you know if they don't get enough likes they take the picture down or you know it's that validation and kind of like the hierarchy of you know being you know insta famous or however they call it and all that right you know it's that self-satisfaction that a lot of people see your stuff and gave you that recognition yeah yeah it's like how many likes you get doesn't dictate your personal worth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a, a young niece in, like, middle school, high school age, and she, I don't think, looks away from her phone, whether it's TikToking or on Snapchat yeah. or this and that, and it's infuriating to see, but at the same time, that's the day and age they live in, so we have to understand they're teenagers, yeah. but it's tough. Yeah, I used to have to it's... talk to my daughters, like, you know, we'd be sitting in the same room and I'd have to Snapchat them, <laughs> you know, just, just to get their <laughs> attention, your attention, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I can't imagine having two girls, two teens or preteens in this yeah. day and age. Well, I, I, have, I, have four, I have four kids, so. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, well, and, and a grandchild. What? Wow. No. You look so young. Uh, say, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. It's a fountain of youth. Well, my wife has two kids too, so technically we kind of have a 
uh, you know, the the, the the Brady Bunch. You know, we're definitely... say you've got a brood. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. it. <laughs> luckily, luckily, three of the six kids are are adult age, so we don't really have to worry about you know, like Parenting buying a van them. or something like that. Because, yeah. So. You can still be cool, parents. You don't have to have oh, yeah, a van. Sure. You can do the SUV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm an adult child, and my mom still has to worry about me. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> poor Sandy. <laughs> um. Okay. Now I know you guys had some questions lined up here, but I did want to ask. So after you called the police and they kind of confirmed everything for you, what was the process for you working with the police after that? You know, I was, I've never, nobody's ever prepared for that to happen. Right. So I really didn't know what to do. Um, you know, my first course of action was to, you know, get out of work. I, I did, I didn't like want to be, I didn't want to be there, you know? Yes. So, yeah. you know, I, I got a hold of my wife at the time and, you know, I just blatantly gave her the de- gave her the details. Right. And, uh, she was out there pretty quick. Uh, to pick me up and you know even then we you know we she picked me up and we just didn't know what to do didn't know where to go from there you know I've never dealt with you know close family members dying before so you know especially being kind of you know now in charge of of uh, you know funeral arrangements meanwhile dealing also with you know the case and the information that I'm getting you know it's not just you know uh, a death from you know, just that, that I seen coming, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I didn't think I don't think there was any real process that I went through. Um, it was, you know, uh, you know, get in the get in the vehicle, pack up, you know, some stuff, and you know, I was living in northern BC at the time, so, uh, you know, right away that night we headed down uh, to the island um, to kind of just, you know, just get, get get involved, right? Get involved least, and find yeah. out more information and do what we had to do. Yeah. So. yeah, just get there. Basically. Yeah, getting boots on the yeah. ground yeah. and figuring out like what's going on and yeah, yeah, I... yeah. Because yeah. we only we only knew you know because and that's the thing too is the police at the time while there's an active investigation they can only say so much too right so they can only tell me so much and you know so I figured it would be best to get down there as quick as I possibly could just so I could get as much information as I could. Yeah, I guess being an active investigation, you're expecting developing information. Yeah. So yeah, the sooner you get there and you can have that face-to-face and yeah. really personal interaction, that's going to, I mean, I, I would assume provide a little bit of peace of mind because I couldn't imagine trying to deal with everything from a distance as well, communication-wise, yeah. with a police detachment. That would, I'm sure, be pretty difficult. Well, and they were really busy at the time too, right, because it's so fresh, you know. So, you know, they have their job to do, you know, let alone having, you know, some family members that are trying to, you know, call them and find out, you know, I kind of knew to, you know, let them do their job, you know, I, and kind of, you know, then I, I got the opportunity to kind of deal with it, you know, any way that I could. And kind of the first thing yeah. that we did when we got down to the island was, you know, go to the scene, you know, um, and uh, just take it in, you know, uh, they, they released the scene kind of early the next day. I think they had, you know, like they basically had it wrapped up you know, what happened, it wasn't a huge investigation because they had all the information right away, basically. So, you know, we uh, just went and talked to some neighbors, kind of figured out, you know, met the guy that made the initial call. Um, you know, everybody was pretty well shocked. So, you know, it was, you know, not a lot of people wanted to talk. There was a couple of people that, that kind of almost seemed to need to talk. Like, and, yeah. yeah, so, um, 
that's basically what we did, you know, for the first day or so. Um, it's just uh, find as much information as we could, you know. Uh, we only knew so much, and then there was some stuff, you know, going on um, social media. There's, you know, local news and all that. And then, you know, we had some neighbors um, commenting. You know, the one guy was super um, just uh, very not – he wasn't very sympathetic to the – to the family and you know he was very graphic and you know he was one of the first on scenes and you know he was saying it over social media you know like uh, you know i'm not going to get into the like gory de- yeah the gory details yeah. you know about kind of what the scene looked like and you know what she looked like and you know and i just i messaged him so and you know i that. said you know what like i've been through a lot in my life and i can handle a lot and you know but you know we do have family members that you know aren't in the same, don't have the same headspace, you know, and reading that, you know, and that's the thing is people, even friends, right, you know, reading that, they, they don't want to read that, you know, so I asked him to take it down, uh, he, he didn't take it down, but you know what, that, you know, that, that's some people, right, they, that's, yeah. that's, you know, what we were talking about with social media. It's the lack of respect, yeah. it's just a component that some, some people just don't have all the tools in their toolbox, and, you know, we can ask, and, you did everything you could, but yeah, that guy just does not have that component of like empathy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to be honest, again, another, another point that we hear all the time in this true crime space, um, especially being creators, quote unquote, and seeing a lot more of that is family members saying, Hey, I didn't like the way that this was done or this was done. Yeah. Can you take that down or can you not do that? An example of that would be um, Sarah Turney. I don't know, Tim, if you're familiar at all with Alyssa Turney's case in the States. No, I'm not. Uh, it essentially is just like a higher profile case in the States. It's well known. Her sister does podcasting now for unsolved cases. But she had asked a well, another well-known podcaster or creator that does a YouTuber, a YouTuber yeah. or something hey, this is an ongoing investigation. Please do not cover this case right now. We do yeah. not want it covered at all until this this trial is done. Um, and he basically just went on Twitter and was like, I'm allowed to do whatever I want. You can't tell me what to do. And like shared information like of that conversation where she was very respectful and like yeah. made fun of her almost. It's like, wow. it's so unnecessary. And, yeah, and, and it's just, just getting like that you said, they're family attention. members. You're yeah. a real person this isn't a tv show this isn't you know so some of these lives but it shows the lack of morals in some people right and kind of their their end goal you know they're they're in it for the wrong reason obviously Mm -hmm. um you said you mentioned you talked to the person who actually made the call to 911 um now a lot of sources that we could find news outlets just advised that they called in that there was an altercation outside in the park um and you had shed like a little bit more information on that um are you able to kind of explain like what led up to that altercation or what maybe that could have actually been and that was the thing too is um you know it was it was was kind of funny to well not funny but you know to hear kind of the information that was out there concerning because i i haven't really look into it a whole lot you know i had my information that i needed so i didn't really need the media to tell me kind of what you know like any more information because i kind of i've dealt with the media before and i just know how they are but um you know i uh 
uh, when uh, talked, he was a, he was a cab driver. He kind of came in uh, the late the one night, and you know, like even reading the, the even reading the, the the headline, you know, about an altercation. You know, my mom she suffered uh, from uh, heart condition, um, as you you know guys mentioned before. Um, you know, she she was every you know every morning she had to use uh, nitroglycerin, to, you know, to get out of bed. She was she was you know she was fairly immobile. She had to get around on you know one of those ride on scooter. Uh, type things so you know to, to call it a an altercation uh, was pretty far-fetched because you know yeah. first of all my mom uh, wasn't a fighter you know uh, very strong-willed very opinionated uh, you know but uh, she, she she wasn't a fighter she definitely used her words before you know her fists so to call it an altercation uh, really uh, it actually it irritated me um, you know, and they could have called it a hundred other things, you know, especially that just shows the lack of information that they had too, right? You know, they wanted to, to catch up, you know, to be eye catching, you know, to make it exciting for people to read, you know, um, but, uh, you know, I, so I talked, I talked to the guy, um, that, that initially showed up and he was actually quite distraught. He was, uh, super apologetic because he felt that he, um, you know, he, he tried to stop it, you know, but he, his hands were tied, right? You know, Trevor Mears was over there, you know, with the, the spear, the homemade spear. Um, and, uh, you know, he was spinning it around and then the guy was fearful for his life too, which is completely understandable, understandable. you know, and I, I don't hold any, um, animosity towards him whatsoever. You know, he, he tried what he could and, you know, he, that guy's got to live with that for the rest of his life you know and you know knowing at least you know I told made sure to tell, make sure that he knew that you know I didn't hold any um, angst about like you know towards him at all you know he did what he could and I, I thanked him because you know he what he saw you know I wouldn't wish on anybody um, you know he, he was quite distraught you know just kept apologizing tried to you know tell us kind of what happened you know, he, she showed up, um, but he was kind of in the middle of his shift taking his lunch break, so he went back home for a bit and uh, pulled up, and it's, you know, the Capper's Corner, uh, you know, those people that aren't uh, familiar with it, it's it's kind of like a nestled in, um, kind of like a, a foresty area, um, kind of old growth kind of forest, and uh, very low lit, um, uh, a park. So he, you know, basically he was saying, you know, a lot of shadows, a lot of screaming, you know, um, but he kind of, you know, he seen, you know, the spear, he, you know, yelled at um, Trevor to put it down and, you know, uh, my mom screaming and, and uh, you know, he, he was quite scared and he didn't know what to do uh, because he started, you know, he turned around and started trying to swing it at him too and, you know, obviously he goes into self-protection mode too, which is again totally understandable. Of course. You know, and uh, so all he could kind of do is, is is watch from a distance, and you know, I I feel so sorry for that guy. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Like you said, he must he automatically felt so guilty. Like he wish he could have done more. And I agree with you. Like you always go into self-preservation, and mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine feeling that and seeing that and being no, part of how that helpless whole... would you feel right yeah definitely no i i think all of our hearts would go out to him like we couldn't imagine yeah. having to witness something like that and feel so helpless because no. i couldn't imagine and it sounds like from what you're saying like your mom had all these amazing qualities so i'm oh, yeah. sure in the park like she had people that 
cared for her and yeah. had friends and like how long did she live in the park like, uh, i think she lived uh three or four years um okay, but so she, she was my mom was super involved any any time she lived anywhere she always tried to get involved in the community one of her big things you know she really liked working with ceramics and, and painting and um she actually um, um started making jewelry um and uh so they had like a little a flea market there every sunday or saturday um at the capper's corner so what she would do is pack up you know all her rings and all that she would make and go up to the um uh the flea market the there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. With, with, with the flea market there and she'd sell her jewelry and you know any kind of little knickknacks like like the boxes that i got from her you know it was so cute to see you know it was like she it was you know, it was definitely, it didn't mean anything to anybody else, you know, but it, it always meant something to her. You know, she had, you know, like just nice little rocks, you know, that, you know, she found on the ground, but, you know, it was still something to her and, you know, uh, yeah. she'd have, you know, just uh, some of the stuff was costume jewelry, but it was, it was nice, you know, like it was, you know, butterflies or, you know, like she, she had a big thing with dragonflies um, and she had a bunch of dragonfly uh, jewelry and, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, she, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to get, uh, all of her rings and that, that she had, you know, she had, uh, probably two display cases, uh, kind of, I don't know, glass top, uh, display cases, uh, fairly small, but like, like as big as a shoebox or something like that, but they were lined with, you know, her thing, her big thing was sterling silver because she liked to, you know, work with that and, you know, make earrings and. Yeah, she's su- su- super creative, super creative, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It sounds like it. But, yeah, I mean, like, doing that and, like, chit-chatting with locals and stuff. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I grew up on the island. I totally understand, like, <laughs> that flea market lifestyle, garage yeah. sailing. You know, you chit-chat, you get to yeah. know people. So, yeah, I'm sure she had, like, some really amazing relationships in the park mm-hmm. and locally, yeah. too. So that's amazing. That definitely sounds like that I live in a like strata community with um, a few people that have been here for a really long time, but they're super nice and very much like that. Like I didn't think I would be very involved in the people's lives that live in here as a 30 year old that lives (laughs) in like the middle of nowhere with older people. Um, (laughs) But it's completely the opposite. They're so nice and like, our strata president always comes and says hi to me and <laughs> it's very wholesome living on the island if uh, yeah. for those of you who have never been here i miss but, it uh, yeah <laughs> sounds hey. incredible um you're then, from here we'll take you back yeah. we just don't want any new people <laughs> as yeah, you know right? <laughs> um and then on that note you i think you had mentioned um to katie not to me i just was reading the messages um <laughs> creep that your mom collected the rent checks in the park and that was sort of a factor is that how uh you- no actually actually uh, and that was the thing too is the you know the misinformation um so what did what i understood and the whole story from talking to neighbors and all that was actually um so my mom lived off a disability and uh trevor mears uh he was on disability too um, now my mom, uh, she, you know, you, you make, you don't make very much on disability at all. Uh, she was at the point where, uh, the bed she was sleeping on, um, you know, had springs and all that kind of poking at her. And so she, you know, got a hold of disability and asked them if it's, you know, possible to get a, she get a new bed and, you know, they denied her. And, uh, so she's pretty, pretty mad about that because, you know, it's quality of life, right? People deserve the comfort, you know? 
of life, you know, and it's, you know, and it's not her choice. Yeah, it wasn't her choice to, you know, not work. She'd work if she could, but she couldn't because of her heart condition. She had uh, osteoarthritis and, you know, and, uh, but the, the Trevor Mears there, he was on disability and he was, uh, you know, claiming as a single man, but he had, you know, a couple other people living with him, um, subletting his uh, rooms out um, for, you know, rent and uh, disability had just outfitted his house with brand new couches and, you know, like, uh, just you know, couches, uh, table, uh, bed, dressers. Um, so my mom was actually kind of choked. So what she did is she um, called him, you know, kind of, you know, inquired about it, and you know, mentioned that, you know, he's sitting there and he's he's claiming single, and mm-hmm. you know, well, he has two people uh, renting so rooms off him. Yeah, rem- renting yeah. rooms off of him. You know, and all she wanted was you know a bed, like you know she said yeah. like. She didn't want her place refurnished. Yeah, yeah. She She just all she wanted was a bed. Like she spends a lot of time in bed. She wants to be comfortable. That's Mm -hmm. not a lot to ask. That's a human like decency. Yeah, you know. And so uh, I guess word got out one way or another, and uh, that was his big problem. Is uh, so what had uh, happened is they contacted him and they had they set up a meeting, um, uh, like an investigation. Kind of an interview like a with house them. visit kind yeah, of yeah yeah okay. so um it was uh a couple of days after um, the incident took place so you know it was kind of building up to it and and uh i'm sure he probably knew that he was probably going to be cut off and uh i don't know what he was hoping to get out of it but uh yeah yeah that wasn't going to stop yeah the disability people no. from visiting his home no. like that there was no correlation Mm-hmm. to what he did to the outcome for him like I, right. I, I don't there's no reason that that was going to and i like, I, def- help him I definitely agree way. with your sentiment earlier about the word altercation potentially yeah. being the wrong yeah. word yeah. Um, yeah i would say it's more of an attack than anything yeah it's right <laughs> i mean she like you said she your mom had mobility issues yeah. she wasn't altercating with anybody it was in her yard too you know, right, she's on her yeah, own on property. Her property. Yeah. She's just trying to get herself a bed, and she didn't do a single thing wrong. So no. I would say they it's could just have even said that he had confronted her, even, and that would have been less yeah. of yeah. an aggressive term to use yeah. for this. Yeah, or put more emphasis on, like you said, her mobility and her health, and just make mm-hmm. it very clear, at least. Yeah. You know, you're going to use these punchy headlines. You're a news outlet. Yeah, at the, least tell the story right. Yeah, like, well, that was just like you guys mentioned, you know, in, in the court case and all that. The, the pathologist was talking about how he you know, brought up her heart condition that, you know, and your guys' information was that she got stabbed uh, six times. She was actually stabbed 13 times. And, uh, you know, there was defensive wounds, three defensive wounds on her arms. Um, as three defensive wounds on her arms, uh, six... Uh, on her front torso and four in the back so you know uh, altercations like, you know, you know, yeah well she was trying to I guess uh, this get away it sounds like she was trying to um, like she lived in a in a park I can't remember what they're called it's like a it's like a, a trailer uh, like a tow behind trailer but it's a park edition or whatever they're called so it kind of looks like a mobile home okay, so like a modular home yeah. kind of so thing she was trying to go framed the, in a little bit yeah so she was trying to go okay. up the get away from him going up the back steps um, into her into her room and that's when he got her the four times too right so um, you know and the pathologist also mentioned that uh, you know the one you said that pierced her colon but he, he said that you know he explained that 
Um, some of the wounds were, you know, from a right to left slashing motion, and the one actually uh, severed her uterus. Um, it was with so much force. Oh my gosh! And I feel and like I those think... are also elements that get removed from the news story too, because they personalize that, like we've talked about, it's abuse against a woman. Yep. Mm -hmm. They're putting a piece of anatomy in a news story that correlates to a gender yeah. and shows a man versus a woman. So it's like taking that piece out. They're already like desensitizing. Yeah, they're almost making the it making it you know an equal fight. Exactly. You know, they got into a brawl. I think like you know, I actually has a seen colon. it. Yeah, and everybody I, has. Yeah, that. like <laughs> like no. Yeah, and I, I seen I actually seen one headline. I think it actually did say something about a brawl. Um, they, the, the police got a report that there was a brawl in the, in the RV park, you know, and it's just, it's misinformation. It's just, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's not a, a thousand percent. No. And I actually feel really bad now because everything I read did say like, it sounded like it was an altercation with another group outside and that from everything I read, it almost sounded like your mom tried to stop it or break it up or had been someone who had almost stepped into it based on the way the all the wording was and I actually kind of want to apologize to you because I should oh, have reached out more and asked so I just really appreciate you coming on and yeah I know and that's that's another reason too right you know is you guys only know what they what they released right you know like yeah. you guys didn't add anything you didn't you know you know add anything take anything away you guys just uh, told the information as you guys got it and you found you know and I don't hold anything against it. You know, I think I thought you guys did a great job. You know, considering Thank the you. lack of information you guys actually had, um, you know, and uh, yeah, it, there was actually um, it was Trevor Mears and another uh, girl, uh, one of his tenants, uh, that actually confronted her, and uh, she was the one that actually kind of started the attack. And uh, what had happened is, uh, I guess she went after my mom, and my mom standing at her sliding glass door and uh the lady tried to come in her sliding glass door and um, swing in and my mom had uh like a it's like a wooden doweling to to lock her sliding glass door yeah to put and it at I the think, bottom. yeah and she was she put that yeah. up to kind of defend her and they actually grabbed it from her and you know started the one girl started hitting her with that she was never charged she was basically never mentioned in that case either too so uh, you know which yeah, is, I is no it's wrong yeah. Like, why was she not charged with assault? Say, like, at minimum. Absolutely. Like, hold her accountable for being a, a piece of the puzzle, at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's no mention of um, a female in the... Nope. I am actually surprised, and I think that's something that's interesting about, like, Canadian court cases, is a lot of the time it's like, oh, we got the main person, so let's not worry about the rest. Whereas I see in a lot more of, like, American cases, there's six yeah, people everyone involved. everyone who's accountable is, that. you know, right? Yeah, and that is one thing that I find kind of irritating. Um, I mean, I hope that our, like, legal system is doing their due diligence, and it's a matter of there really isn't the evidence there to charge them, and it's not a matter of their, like it's fine we got the main person or we got the bad guy so to speak because sometimes it does feel that way i think our justice system is so archaic and you know it's so uh you know it's flawed in so many ways you know i, I think you know and there's there's it needs to be revisited somehow you know there needs to be harsher penalties and you know it's just it's i think it's a mockery you know it's it's almost laughable from other countries kind of looking at our justice system and the, and the time that people get you know like you can get uh, you know a person that 
um, you know, drinks and drives and crashes the vehicle, nobody hurt or anything more time than, you know, let's say, let's say a, a child molester or, you know, a predator or something. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's flawed. A hundred percent. It's, I think that's also like a big misconception with a lot of people who talk about true crime is like, it's also to show like where these big mm-hmm. holes are in our justice system too. And we like to point out like, look, people, these are things that are missing. Like, how did this fall through the cracks? Why did this not get actioned? And that's also a big part of it. So it's good to know that, I mean, take a look at your justice system, people. And, yeah. you know, like even your small local voting, things like that, it can matter. Like look yeah. at who has points that are important to you and your justice system is part of it. Yeah, it is. And I think you guys also do a good job, you know, like the true crime podcast and all that of, of exposing the flaws too, right? You know, is, but I just think, I think that, you know, judges and all that need to be more accountable to, you know, their sentencing and all that and maybe questioned a little more, you know, other mm-hmm. than them being, you know, having the final say and what they say goes and, you know. Yeah, I don't know why there's such an, I think there should be more than one judge on a case. Mm-hmm. I think it should be like three judges on a case, like a jury. Yeah. They hold each other accountable. I mean, I get that we don't have the bandwidth to provide that right now. Like, we don't even have enough doctors for everyone right now. Yeah, yeah. We so, we use three on appeal hope, cases, but, right? Three yeah. judges on an appeal, just one on a on a standard case. I just um, don't know why we should do it only on an appeal. Two, since we're on the trial though i was i just had something and i lost it so i saw your light bulb go mind. on and go right back out yeah and it's like <laughs> if it comes back i'll let you know <laughs> I, I could see the whole like <gasps> i need to start writing down my thoughts like, so that i can remember them better fair. it was about yeah. the trial though anyway. yeah you had a key word there keep talking <laughs> Obviously, this is something that like, oh. we... Oh! Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. She, she can edit She does out. this to me all the time. She can edit this out. We were just talking friendship. about sentencing, and that made me think, because I was actually reading the um, one of the sentencing reports earlier, and mm-hmm. I was curious what your thought on the sentence was, the 10 years. Because he got charged with second-degree murder, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. comes with a mandatory life sentence with no possibility of parole for a minimum of 10 years, I think 10. it is. Yeah, and actually the jury's recommendation was 20 years. Correct. Um, and yeah, the which, Crown Council. Yeah, which yeah surprised. 15. Yeah, and the judge was actually super surprised. Said, you know, they, they've been a judge for 20 or 30 years, and they've never seen a jury come back with such a harsh recommendation. So. Yeah, it was really interesting, actually, to see what the recommended sentences were all things considered to be honest because um like personally i do know someone that was involved in this case like my mom's a local probation officer so um it was interesting to see their name come up and like what their recommendation was for a sentence um given that one was recommending the 15 years without any eligibility yeah. for that time frame which to me makes sense um and then on the other side, they were saying, well, the minimum's 10. Let's just give him 10. Yeah. So they did uh, end up giving him 10, which is why I was curious because the that's jury what the news outlet said, recommended yeah. 20. And yeah. so when I saw that the judge said no possibility of parole until 10 years, I just was like, wow, that's like we're really went bare minimum. Yeah. Um, and it was crazy, too. Like, uh, so when the sentencing, uh, when they made the, 
the sentencing hearing, um, they actually had jury members show up for the sentencing and the Crown Counsel uh, and all that. She said, like, she's been a, a lawyer, prosecutor for a while, and she said she's never seen the jury, you know, come to a sentencing hearing. So it just shows how personal kind of people took it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, she's actually the person that I know, um, Leah. And- Super great lady amazing woman um and yeah just in passing mentioned i was covering this and she said to this day it's still a case that just is a pit in her stomach Mm -hmm. because it was just so unnecessary and that's the bottom line um and it's interesting to hear that even someone who you know hears cases all the time this one case also to her was just so important so it's just it's it seems like everyone who hears the story is just like totally on your mom's like yeah. team. She, everyone just <laughs> yeah. seems to love her. Like yeah. it's just, um, I actually do want to ask you more on like a positive note, just cause mm. I obviously also don't want to keep you forever as yeah, well, but I, I just no kind of want to know, like, what was your mom like? Like, who was she? Um, like, you know, it's, it's quite, it's crazy uh, to think about the actual life that I did kind of grow up. Um, we had, uh, you know, I grew up in extreme poverty uh, growing up. You know, my mom was, you know, she she had health issues throughout my entire life. So, you know, if she, she wasn't on disability, she was on social assistance. You know, and, and growing up, as far as I can remember back, you know, growing up in Nanaimo or whatever, um, there was times that, you know, we, we didn't have uh, food in our fridge, but, you know, my mom always found a way, you know, we'd, I remember going to, to churches to eat and, you know, but she always made sure that, you know, she, uh, you know, we came first, you know, my sister and I, you know, my mom would, you know, give anything to make sure that, you know, we had food in our stomachs, you know, warm clothes. <clears throat> my mom would, you know, uh, back to kids would be going back to school shopping, and uh, you know my mom would be jumping in uh, thrift store uh, donation bins, uh, getting us clothes. You know, and uh, you know it's I look back and you know it's it's a shame that that you know she's she's not around anymore because she's such a genuine person, and you know the way that she loved was uh, right from her, her core. Uh, you know, and, and she would do anything for anybody and, you know, especially her kids, you know, like she, you know, she was, she was never, she was never the mom, you know, that, you know, my little Johnny couldn't do wrong. She was, she, she definitely, she ruled the roost with a heavy hand. That's for sure. Uh, I definitely respected my mom a lot. You know, I, uh, she taught me a lot of, uh, good qualities, uh, especially, you know, like growing up with a single mom, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, respecting women and, and, I just she she made me the man I am today and you know I can honestly look back and and I'm not I'm not disappointed at the person that I came out to be um, because of her you know and nobody else and you know Father's Days you know giving her cards and you know uh, you know for Father's Days and you know looking back and just just the stuff that we went through together you know the the stories that you know I have and you know even just looking back on just how you know how poor we were but you know christmas time you know my mom would just pull it out of her hat you know she i don't know how she did it but you know she would get us the presents that we you know we wanted 
you know, it was only, you know, one of them. You know, we'd always have the, the Sears catalog and we'd be circling these the huge, oh man, the yeah. whole book would be covered in our circles and that, you know, but she'd always <laughs> pick one, you know, nice present and always, I don't know how she'd do it, find a way to, to, to get it done, uh, to get us the presents. And, you know, she, uh, you know, she's such, such an amazing lady. You know, I, I talk about her a lot, actually, to my wife now. Uh, she was super protective of me. I don't think there was actually any any girl that I ever brought home that mom approved of. But you know, that's Mama Bear <laughs> oh, right there. Man. Yeah, you know, especially single Mama oh, Bear. Yeah, yeah. She was, uh, <laughs> and she she never hold back too. You know, she was she was always on my side for sure. You know, if you you know treat my son. You know, she's like, oh, I'll come looking for you. She's, you know, I may not run, you know, fast, but she's like, I'll get you. <laughs> One and, way know, or another. Yeah, mind, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it is, it's, it's sad because, you know, my, my wife now, she, uh, you know, they say that people go after kind of, you know, people in the image of their moms or dad and, and all that. And, you know, she definitely has, I can see a lot of my mom, you know, her stubbornness and, you know, her, her not taking, not, not taking my <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, excuse my language, but no. you know, uh, you know, and it's the the likeness for you know, like the jewelry. You know, I actually found a use for it. You know, my my wife just absolutely she her whole hands are always covered. You know, she loves rings and all that, right? <laughs> so, you know, shortly after we got together, I knew right away that you know, my my mom, you. yeah, my mom would yeah. have been like, you know what, you give you give her those rings, you know, and ever since then, you know, she cherishes them like it's you know. It's a prized possession to her, you know. She, it's her connection to oh, your mom yeah. now. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah she's, uh, yeah, she's, a, she's really awesome. I, I miss her all the time. I love, though, that you talk about her so often and, like, keep that spirit alive yeah. because I think that that's something that people sometimes worry about when they lose someone tragically is, like, talking about them sometimes can almost be a negative or they're mm -hmm. worried that it's, like, people don't want to be asked about it and stuff. So I love yeah. that you're just talking about her yeah. and how amazing she was and all these qualities. And I just love that you're like keeping that alive in your household. Yeah. Just like, it's amazing. And that's and, the thing I, you know, I have, I still have pictures, you know, pictures of her up and, you know, I just, I try, you know, to keep her, you know, as live in my heart as much as I can, because, you know, and I'm not afraid to talk about it. You know, I sometimes, you know, somebody finds out about, you know, it comes up in conversation, you know, it's just, you know, some of my, some of my friends I'm friends for, you know, a couple of years with, and, you know, we'll, we'll be having a heart to heart or whatever. And I'll kind of bring that up and, you know, just kind of like they'll stop in their tracks, you know, and they'll be like, wow, man, you know, like, I'm sorry. And I'll be like, you know, Hey, you know, like I didn't bring it up for any kind of sympathy or anything like that. You know, I just, you know, wanted to let, you know, people know that, people go through rough times in their lives you know it's all maybe be relative you know people be like man you know like you had such a hard life but you know what my hard life you know isn't you know anything to a lot of other people's and you know so it's all relative to people you know like that's perspective the, the, too you yeah. know and the feeling of you know losing my mom you know somebody could you know have a lose an animal and that's just as painful to them right you know so you know i'm never not not yeah. nor worse often other people or you know like or better off and I just you know I, I try to be humble and she taught me that right you know and, and just try yeah. to keep her keep her alive as best as I can 
I'm pretty sure I told you this like last time, like a few weeks ago when we were texting that I was like, your mama raised you right though. <laughs> just the way you talk to women, the way we were interacting, it's just your like yeah. politeness and kindness just totally comes through. Yeah. And that's why I was like, yeah, your mama, she did it right. Well, it's always funny, right? Because, you know, I have, you know, I have face tattoos and, uh, and, and all that. And, and it's, and it's funny because, you know, at first when people kind of approach you or whatever, well, I don't get approached a lot, but when, <laughs> when I'm approached or, you know, like I still, you know, I call uh, elderly folks, you know, sir and ma'am, and you just kind of have that respect, right? You know, it just, it, it almost seems to floor them and, t- and take them back a bit, you know, but it's, it's what I was taught, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes, you know, just like everybody argue, you know, sometimes, you know, my wife and I will get into arguments and, you know, I might step out of step out of pocket, and you know, and I'll, I'll kind of stop and think, and I'll be like, you know what? If, if you know, if you had went to my mom and said that I said that, she would have smacked oh, back man, your head you know, so we were, hard. Well, we were talking oh. about the other day about, uh, you know, kids nowadays calling their parents by their first name, you know, and I said, I said honestly, I said I don't think I've ever called my mom Reina. You know, I never called my mom Marina once, and because you know what, I my head would be rolling across the floor. Well, Olivia calls her mom, <laughs> Sandy. Sandy, but it's like more of a joke than anything. It's not, I'm not true. doing it disrespectfully. When shit hits the she fan, it's funny. It's oh, Sandy no. is it's mom. Just a fun, it's just like a funny thing. Which I guess. It's mostly because my mom acts like she's like one of the gals and not like she's my mom. It's true. So she yeah. just gets first named. Um, but your mom sounds amazing, and I just want to say thank you so much for like coming and sharing this with us. I'm no not problem. wrapping it up. I just wanted no, no, to acknowledge no, really that. She's like, I just need to thank you. No, I, yeah. I just really wanted to thank you, and um, like the way that you explain her is so beautiful. And I definitely like got those sentiments through just reading from your victim impact statement. Mm. Um, but like hearing it from you yourself is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Oh, so this is totally your story, and I'm, like, over here crying a minute ago. I'm like, I'm trying not to. I'm no, such a baby it's, lately. It's an emotional, it's a super emotional story. Uh, you know, just because of, yeah. you know, the brutality of it and just how uncalled for it was, you know, like. In, exactly. I've, you know, don't get me wrong. I've I've done many times, you know, many days of crying, and, you know, I'm not afraid to admit it. You know, it's, it, it broke it's my, it, it broke my heart. It broke, yeah. it, it yeah, down here broke me, but she wouldn't want me to, you know, let it falter. She would give me shit if I, you know, let it affect me. You're part of her. You got to keep going. Yeah. You got to yeah. keep the Liver, train going. Yeah. yeah. Live her legacy. And um, yeah. you were just talking about this, and we kind of talked about it a bit before we hit record. Um, but just the sentiment about kind of people not knowing how to maybe approach you on the topic or becoming really mute and awkward when you yeah. bring it up yourself or, or when it comes up. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if you could just speak on that a little bit just to 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 tell people, the, to the listeners, that like it's okay or how best to approach somebody know that's gone different through that. Or, yeah, I, I think know. it's... It's it's hard to say, right? Because everybody's experience is completely different, totally. right? And everybody, you know, can compartmentalize their emotions in different ways, and you know, it affects them differently. You know, uh, for me, I, you know, I, I understood, I understood, I understood that it would be awkward for people, and I didn't expect anything less than people, and you know, and I, I didn't hold it against them, and I didn't, you know, see it as nobody wanted to talk to me because you know, uh, they, you know, think it's weird or think, you know, anything like that, and I, I took it from you know, 
from their side, you know, their view from it. Uh, because so it's super, super, you know, <laughs> you know, I, all you could do is just understand it's, it's a super weird situation for mm-hmm. anybody, anybody to be in because how many times can you say in your life that, you know, you knew somebody that their parent was murdered? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's not something that, that happens, right? Yeah. And, you know, and I, I think the best thing to do though is, you know, for people that are in the same situation is to talk about it and, you know, to express it and, you know, talk about their feelings and, you know, not hold it in because, uh, you know, it, 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 can, you. it really can affect you and you yeah. know, drag you down, right? You know, I did go through a, a, a time there that uh, I, I let it affect me for sure. You know, it was hard not to, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, you know, through determination and her strength, I, I got a, you know, a serious depression bout and, you know, and I'm doing good now and, you know, but, uh, yeah, it just, I, I don't think there's any real way that any kind of book or anything like that yeah. of, you know, kind of necessarily what to do in that situation there's is, no right thing you know, to say. yeah, yeah. you know, is, is approach it how you can and it's just a weird situation for everybody. Yeah. So would you say maybe a safer place to come from it would just be to show that like you're there if they Absolutely. want to talk, yeah. that you're there for support. So rather yeah. than feeling uncomfortable, maybe acting a little bit more normal and just showing support. Yeah. Being you open know, to conversation no matter what that may be. Yeah. I think, you know, the comfort and, you know, some people did say, you know, hey, Tim, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm there for you, you know, if you want to talk. And, you know, that's the best thing. That's what they knew how to do. And it was totally appreciated to at least know, you know, in the back of my mind that there, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, I hadn't talked to for years, you know, but just, you know, sympathized with me and, and just wanted to let me know that they were there for me. And it was, it was totally appreciated, even if I, you know, didn't accept their offer, you know, majority of them, I, I didn't, right. But just knowing that, you know, that, that, that comfort was there, or, you know, you know, there was somebody that I could lean towards just in case I couldn't handle it on my own. So. I think it's always interesting too who comes out of the woodworks when yeah. it's either like a real high or low in your life mm-hmm. um, and you never know who's going to be like the right person to talk to at the time so you're right just maybe reaching out and saying I'm here yep. could be you could just be the right person to talk to so yeah, yeah and I, I, and I think also too you know like uh, the way that it brings kind of people together too right and you know death like that you know I you know some members of my in my family you know I was it was not tumultuous, but we just, we, we had a, a family that was just, you know, not a close knit family. You know, we were kind of all doing, doing our own thing. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that death kind of brought us a little, you know, a little close, closer, you know, and I think it definitely mended some, some fences and definitely brought us together more than we were before. So, you know, in, in the end there's, there is positives to come out of these kind of situations. I think it always puts in perspective too what's important a little bit and some people tend to be able to kind of like put old grievances behind mm-hmm. them too so it's always there's always some you're right silver lining in every situation maybe reconnecting with some people and finding other support systems mm-hmm. that's amazing because yeah yeah I mean I'm sure that there's people that I see that when there's a tragedy in my family or a high in my family that's the only time I see them yep. so I could totally see how that brings people together regardless of the circumstance yeah exactly no i totally agree yeah um one thing i want to go back to because i do think it was like an interesting concept that we do see in the news is like how you had mentioned that there was during the attack 
like obviously the removal of all mention of any female anatomy was removed mm -hmm. from all sources mm -hmm. whereas there was no removal of other so to speak like below the waist organs like most people wouldn't put a colon in there if no. they wouldn't put a uterus in there right like why is the difference um I, interesting I, I don't see why that was removed and i feel like it removes that piece of your mom being a woman mm -hmm. to the public and it makes them two people rather than a man and a woman yeah. and it downplayed all the severity of it, it added to the downplay of the severity to everything that was happening in the news well it creates that disconnect right you know where yeah. you know somebody doesn't have to you know kind of involve themselves personally you know they can kind of just read it as you know uh you know fodder you know just reading it as uh, you know exciting story or an interesting story about yeah. a murder that happened you know and it's exciting you know they don't want to hear about you know this person was a woman and a mother and you know all these kind of sensitive areas they want to read about the the goods and i think that that's kind of what makes you know a lot of reporters report Reporters is you know like they, they like to make the juicy the story the juiciest they possibly can without making it kind of personal for everybody, you know because then you know people get too emotional and then they, you know try to probably not read those you know certain ones because you know it's it's just the way today's society is you know they go for more excitement yeah. than you know it's like than, well, we don't want to depress the readers yeah. to stop reading our paper yeah so exactly. we don't want to give them too much information it's like well that's not the avenue or the way to approach this yeah and that's You're kind of like what i mentioned in my victim impact statement you know is is having to go through the entire uh court case you know hearing about you know uh you know calling the victim or you know the uh, you know the individual or you know mrs johnson or you know, and I, you know, I said in my victim impact statement, I said, that was my mom, you know, she had a name, her name was Raina, you know, like, you know, trying to personalize her, you know, give her, give her back her, you know, not just a case number and, you know, not just as a, as a victim or, you know, uh, you know, just kind of giving her a face and a name and, you know, making her, making her a person again. Yeah. I think we all forget that people are totally depersonalized as soon as it becomes a court case they're like to the court system it's like a chessboard there's one side there's a defense and there's a prosecution and there are titles and names and numbers but those are still people's loved ones and family members so yeah and it's really yeah, good think... for all of us even on this show to remember as we create and consume this kind of content i mean it's still every every single week that we talk we're talking about somebody's mom or sister or and mm -hmm. you know people are listening and um, as much as I don't think that we ever forget it can be it's just good to have that like very constant reminder about mm -hmm. what we're doing and why we're doing it um, so again just want to thank you so much for for sharing all of this mm, with absolutely. us because I think it's going to be really beneficial for everybody to hear mm -hmm. and I also don't think you know that you guys also realize you know that Obviously, it comes naturally, you guys. As you know, you guys have that personality to do it. But I don't think you actually kind of uh, take enough credit for yourselves to, you know, that you know what you guys are doing is actually pro it's probably very hard because you guys do go through you know a lot of depressing stuff, and you guys read up on a lot of depressing stuff. And I'm sure it's hard not to you know sometimes get personal with a lot of the stories, and you know, kind of put yourself in situations where you know you can kind of, you know see yourself in that you know that person's shoes or whatever and you know kind of separating that from you know it's almost like going to work and you know separating you know your professional life with your you know uh you know uh, personal life you know so i think uh, you know you guys 
you guys do a good job. I think it's great. I really enjoy it. Thank you so much. Well, we really appreciate that. Appreciate that so much. Because that definitely is a, a factor, and I think that's something to keep in mind. Is like also, and even just for anyone out there, even if it's just an interest of true crime, like don't overindulge because you can put yourself mm. in a negative headspace, and that's also a component of it. Like don't sink into it either. Make Absolutely. sure you're prioritizing your mental health. Mm. And you're taking care of yourself otherwise because it can be all-consuming, definitely. Especially mm-hmm. if it's something that you're sitting down every evening to dive into for a couple hours. It it can be a bit of, you know, a shift in your, I think, overall demeanor yeah. for a bit at yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I really appreciate you saying that because that can even go for people as hobbies. It's like you really have to make sure you prioritize checking yeah. out from that yeah. content as well, because it's not healthy as well. Yeah, stepping also be back reading and kind of re- court refocusing cases. yourself. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. And I mean, like, we would never have been able to have gotten, like, the insight from every aspect. Like, you know, you were, you gave a victim impact statement. This was your mother, and you were in the court. Like, you were, you knew everything, and we would never have that insight and I'm, I'm fortunate that I don't have that insight selfishly because mm. I, I couldn't imagine what it was like to go through that. Mm. It was, you know, it, I look back on it now and I, I can't, you know, you, you don't really know how you're going to react. You know, like there's a lot of people that, you know, or movies you watch and, you know, you hear stories about, you know, people in courtrooms with their families murderer and, you know, they jump the, the, the pews or whatever they're called and, you know, go after the person and, you know, the entire time, you know, absolutely did cross my mind, you know, like, yeah, you know, but I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I came to terms with it. And surprisingly enough, you know, in my own mind, I, I learned to forgive him, you know, and I, 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 I forgave him, not for him, but for me, right, you know, because him, him, him taking up any more space in my brain, you know, in my emotions, uh, you're still giving him power. Yeah, then. exactly. He's not worth it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think that was a, that was a, it was a move that I had to make, you know, and I, I tried to make it as quick as I possibly could to try to kind of get that closure too. Right. Yeah. I think there's a big misconception that forgiveness is always for the other party. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just because you have to let go of that, like toxic Absolutely. pit in your stomach that you're holding on to of just like hatred and it's forgiveness is one of the hardest things you can do but mm-hmm. definitely i 100 percent agree it will eat you up if you hold on to it and you know what the other person has no idea how you're feeling so you're only hurting yourself absolutely i think it also sheds a lot of light too you know like kind of after that court case and you know you you gotta you gotta understand too that no normal person goes out and you know, kill somebody with, you know, such, you know, hatred and force and, you know, just, you know, no care in the world. You know, there's there's obviously a, a mental health uh, aspect on it too, right? You know, and, and that just kind of brings up the, the topic too about, you know, it's such a, a taboo subject, you know, talking about mental health and, you know, how many people actually do suffer from, you know, mental health issues and, you know, that, uh, you know, you're labeled as crazy or, you know, like, you know, and I think that there's not enough understanding with it too, and not enough help and resources for people out there as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Something that comes up a lot on the show is we just talked about last lack week, of actually, even just resources and yeah, even like you just said, like labeling. Like we were just things. talking about you know the choice of words that we use matter in you know saying that something's driving you crazy or driving you insane that can actually you know actually be really negative be to offensive. somebody else yeah. and offensive which is actually not something that I had ever really considered up until recently. Um, and so that's a really... I really... always say that's crazy. I don't yeah. even think of it. We, I think we all do. We can all say that's one that equal parties were all yeah. guilty mm-hmm. of. And we don't even think the repercussions that using the word crazy could have by maybe someone near us who's going through a very serious issue, mm-hmm. even within their family yeah. and mental health. That could be such a detrimental word to mm-hmm. someone yeah. that we totally don't even account for what we're saying half the time because it just we talk without thinking and it's something that we all need to be more accountable for speaks to how people who are going through a mental health crisis have been treated and and quote-unquote dealt with over the last however long like you know the fact that that term is just like regular to all of us um shows how people with mental health um you know crisis or that are just going through a hard time are looked at when that is is happening so yeah it's it's a good I think we're all in a very big place of like relearning a lot of things Mm -hmm. right now in this day and age so I think that I think a lot is going to change in the coming like decade I think personally just in the way that we interact with one another just on a basic human level yeah so we can hope at least yeah well, this has been right now, an amazing experience. People aren't very nice overall. <laughs> yeah. We're not the best. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, this has been incredible. Um, I don't know if there's Is anything. There anything else? I was going to say if there's <laughs> anything <want> <laughs> else that like, you want to share or you want to talk about, super open, open forum. Um, but you've been really amazing to, to even just listen to. So. You should consider starting your own podcast. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have actually, like an amazing actually, voice for this. Well, and now you have the mic. So. <laughs> well, the fun fact, actually, my, my mom was a, a radio DJ back in the late, 70s, yeah, the late 70s uh, <laughs> in Courtney. So it was funny, you know, growing up, okay. she had thousands and thousands of records, you know, 33s and 45s that we'd always amazing. go through. And that's that's what I would do you know we didn't have cable and all that but my mom always had these huge record collections that we'd go through and you know I'd literally memorized albums and you know my mom had all different types of genre from like you know Dick Clark to like Megadeth and you know like it was that's amazing that is amazing your wife's gonna find you later with like some pots set up and plates (laughs) on them and you're gonna be like Tim in the house like radio DJ from your living room well I used to do that when I was a little kid and like when you'd have those you remember the blank cassettes that you could get then you could get side A and side B yeah I used to make my radio you know would walk in on me all the time and I'd be making radio shows and you know and all that this is this is TJ and you know like yeah shows found it pretty funny oh my god that's hilarious oh my gosh I can't believe she was a DJ. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is an awesome. Oh, see, job. maybe you bought the mic for a reason. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna like become said... just like this crazy DJ from home <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh you my goodness! Know. You never know what mm-hmm. could come of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, you have been like beyond amazing and. I think we all went into this like kind of nervous, like a it felt like a first date almost. Oh, big time, We're like, yeah. oh, I hope, I hope he likes <laughs> <Yeah>. us. Like, <laughs> um, and honestly, like 
anytime you want to come back if there's something you think of <laughs> or you want to talk about yeah. by all means it's a new regular you have our name <laughs> the number. yeah well, thank absolutely. you thank you so much oh, though for being so open to sharing as well i think that it's going to be really beneficial i mean it's been beneficial for me now but for everybody yeah. just to hear that perspective of it and some of those yeah. points that you made that i think a lot of people just don't think about um, i think people also need to remind you know to to know that it's okay to you know talk about that kind of stuff yeah. you know, talk about you know mental health issues and and you know like violence against women and you know like if you know it's just it's it's a lot of people keep it you know in the closet not, like not it's, it's not it's not talked about enough right so yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, one way we change things is we have to talk about it and we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and having those conversations. So, like, if you they are thinking it, like, say it. Sit yeah. down with someone you trust and confide in them. Like, have that conversation. Have that open dialogue because it is, like, beyond important because mm-hmm. that's how, obviously, like, two other ideas get made. Change happens. So we just need to, like, stop thinking that because we've been told before we shouldn't talk about these things that we still shouldn't like i'm very open i'm very happily medicated i'm okay <laughs> yeah. with it i love it yeah i know what i'm like unmedicated wouldn't want oh, anyone yeah. else to deal with it <laughs> yeah. and i'm yeah. okay with that yeah, because, I second that yeah i've i've learned that that's how i am my best self mm-hmm. i don't think of it as a negative so let's be okay with not being okay absolutely that's all right I totally we need agree. to just yeah, get it out there, people. Have those conversations. Yeah. Cool. I, feel like I just got real passionate right there. The second from a mental health for a second, but we're good. <laughs> um, but no, and like again, like we cannot thank you enough because this was new for us too, and so it was just we've learned so much, even just about respecting how we tell these stories. Mm-hmm. Like it's helped us grow too. Well, thank, thank you. you. And we think you did a great job. <laughs> You're so killing it today. <laughs> I've always had the gift of the gab. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. It's, yeah. You're, it shows. It shows. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be like, I don't know. I just, I'm always worried that someone's not going to want to talk yeah. when they're in front of their microphone. And I just love that you were so open. Oh, I was totally nervous. And, like, I didn't raw. even think that I would use this thing. You know, I, you, <laughs> but it's funny because, you know, like when I was a little kid, my mom, my friend's mom used to call me Eddie, uh, Eddie Haskell. I don't know if you remember like Leave it to Beaver and all that. Cause, you know, so I was always so like gregarious, you know, like just, you know, <laughs> hey, here I yeah, am. yeah. She's like, like Eddie, you know? like a like, camera yeah. comes out and, and you're like, like, Hey, Ms. Hey. Walton, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No worries. I was just saying, I think I'm like shocked that both our dogs have been quiet. At least mine. No, my dog has been quiet too. And he was going off earlier. Weird. Same. Mine was like ripping around barking right before we started. We hit record and she's like, (laughs) it's like she understood the respect level for this episode or something for once. Yeah. Well, anyway, (laughs) but no, again, before we hit stop on the recording part, at least again, like, if there's anything else that you want to say or ask us or anything, like, we are just, again, so appreciative. Yeah. And if there's any one thing you want us to know about your mom or you or anything. I, th- I think we pretty well covered a lot of it. You know, it was really <laughs> nice to actually talk about it, you know, other than, you know, just just kind of keeping it in memory. It was really nice to actually share, you know, to people that didn't know her. Oh yeah, your mom sounds like the shit. She oh yeah, like she the was. Best. Oh, she was like, always she was always the one that you know everybody would go over to her. You know, 
my house because my mom was always the cool one, right? She was a cool mom. It sounds yeah. like she always made sure that your feelings were always met, which I oh, think yeah. is just so amazing. Like, you always felt happy and loved, and you never felt... Oh, yeah. Like, no matter what. And I love that oh, sentiment. Yeah. And that's... Like, I could feel that from yeah. you that you were like... Well, even into adulthood, you know, my mom said, you know, like... She says, I don't care how big you get, Tim. She's like, you know, you're, you're, you'll never be too big oh, where baby. I won't bend you over my my knee and <laughs> spank your ass. She's, you know, but you'll always be my baby boy, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well i want to leave on that sentiment because at the end of the day your mom's the boss <laughs> yeah, always will is. be on that note <laughs> see you next week just kidding yes thank you so much to tim for joining us thank you for having me and anytime we will see everyone next week bye, bye. i'll call you soon okay okay bye bye how do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck me.